Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman. Producing the Outdoor Show this morning is Jace and our sponsors today, Texan Roofing, Boyd's One Stop, and Mainstream Marketing. All right. How about this nice morning? Nice and cool. 61 here in Baytown, 63 down on the island, and a little cooler temperatures up north, but uh, we will take it. Very, very nice weather. All right, right now on the island in Galveston, it's 63 degrees. And today we're going to have sun and clouds mixed with a high of 73. And winds will be northeast 10 to 20. And then for tonight, partly cloudy, winds light and variable, a low of 69. And then for tomorrow, sunny skies, high around 80 as those south-southwest winds return at 10 to 20. It's going to kind of warm things up from, you know, today a high of 73, 80 tomorrow. Looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We had a high tide just occurred at the Galveston Channel at 3.46 a.m. It was a 1.8. We have a low tonight at 7.15 p.m., an 0.5. Sunrise, 7.16 a.m., sunset, 6.57 p.m., and our moon phase, 38%. And looking at current conditions, it's a little breezy in places, but uh, not near as much wind today as yesterday as being forecast anyway uh offshore the buoy 22 nautical miles east of galveston showing a north northeast wind at 22 gusting to 29 68 degrees with 81 degree water and the galveston channel it's northeast at 14 to 18 65 degrees with 78 degree water man look at this water temp at eagle point this morning 73 degrees north northeast 17 to 24 Barometric pressures at well above 30 inches at 30.14 and steady. So another nice day ahead of us. And how about the Mastros last night? I love it. Or yesterday afternoon. All right, well, let's get to our calls and let's start off with a hammer this morning and see what he's up to down in the Tri-Bay area. Captain Glenn Hammond, what's up? Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How was your ride in? Excellent. Not too much traffic this morning? No, not to where I'm going. <laughs> I don't go all the way into the downtown anymore. Well, we uh, it's kind of 
kind of slow. Traffic was even thinned out a little bit down here yesterday, but uh, yeah, uh, all that north and east wind finally pulled our tides back a little bit uh, compared to what they had been up in the yard. Uh, so it made a lot of difference to get that north blowing and just the opposite effect and take that ocean away from us a little bit. And, and things started uh, uh, getting back to normal towards the tide level anyway. Yeah. I don't know. We, we might have had, uh, shoot, man, I know I know we had somewhere around 30 to 40 mile an hour winds blowing out of the marsh, and the first thing you felt was mosquitoes hitting you. Just sticking Boy, to I bet you. it did blow them out of that marsh over there. Wow. They are so thick. You can back your, you can pull your car down the road real slow, uh, my driveway up to the highway, and they're just swarmed all around the truck. You can't get out without let, filling your car full of them. And I mean, you can't sit out at uh, the last couple of nights right at dark. Boy, they would just eat you. Boy, they up. get bad right at dusk, man. They just come out of the woodwork. You know, and they've been non-existent with a drought all summer long, and then we get a little bit of rain and a wind switch, and it's like they've been breeding and waiting to come. Well, eat all those something. eggs lay dormant till they get some moisture and they hatch out, and boy, those little bitty tiny ones. It didn't ones, take. It, it didn't take, take long. long. It didn't take long, and they come out hungry, too. <laughs> if, if you're coming in this area, you better put you a bottle of uh, some kind of can spray with you because I'm, I'm serious. They'll eat you up before you can get your boat in the water and, and get in out, get out there and hit some wind. But uh, they are. They're really bad down here right now. Uh, fishing, only been so-so. I hadn't really got any reports. I know there was a little tournament out of Bastrop yesterday I'll have to check around today and see what kind of results they got in it but, um, I tip my hats are off to them you know for going out and that stuff and, and fishing you know what I mean it kind of yeah. kind of levels a playing field if you will uh, when it's that windy I, I believe so unless you just know where where to go sit on them because with all the water that we've had I know it's scattered the fish to no ends and uh, you just, you know what I mean? Just, uh, it, it, in tournaments, uh, you go get them, buddy. Just go after them just like you do every day, even if the wind is blowing 40 out of the north. So anyway, I'll find out some, uh, results on that thing. Uh, I couldn't even think of the name of it. The guy told me the name of the tournament, benefit tournament. And, uh, anyway, it's a, it's a cash paying out tournament, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars for the heaviest stringer and, and then fifteen hundred for the next, and then I'm down to seven fifty for the next. So, you know, it's a, it's, we had some money paying out in it. This guy called me and wanted me to fish in it, and I just went, no, I, I don't think I've got it in me. I just, just ain't feeling. I just ain't feeling it, man, right now. So, but um, you know, stayed home. Didn't so my main event yesterday, Captain Mink. I broke out some venison. You know, it's all been in there since last year, and. And uh, uh, hats off to Belleville Meat Market. Their outstanding packaging that they do, man, your stuff stays so. Anyway, I broke out some back strap and stuff, and I chunked it up, and I put it in a big old pot of venison stew with some carrots and onions, potatoes, celery, and green beans, buddy. And uh, I wasn't sorry. I ate two bowls of it. <laughs> I can't, I, could, I couldn't quit, man. I mean, that stuff. You know, it just got to be cool enough weather for something like that, too. You normally don't cook a big old pot of stew unless it's chilly. Man, we got 63, 62 degrees here in Surfside this morning. 
the first thing I had my wife do when she got up earlier is turn that air conditioner off. It was plenty cool in here. I put sweatpants on and socks. Man, you would, you would think it was wintertime around here. But um, it's uh, it sure is feeling good. Man, it's feeling good. Well, we it's got, uh, very welcome. Boy, I'm loving it. it. Is. This is very nice. A long, hot summer, and now here's a reward. Just sit out in the afternoons or under the cabin and feel that northeast wind blow. And, boy, is it blowing. Uh, let's see, the bait camps down here, if you're coming in the area, I uh, checked around, and there's flags flying all over the place. So uh, they've got a little bit of everything, and, and it depends on which bait camp you go to. But uh, you're going to pay $24 a quart for the shrimp. You're going to pay $12 a dozen for the croakers, $5 a dozen for mullet and mud minnows. And uh, it's that time of year for finger mullet, man. I used to drag them on the bottom, pre-shrimping them, or Carolina rig uh, with about a two-foot leader and drag those drag those finger mullet along the jetties and the rocks and just tear the flounder up down there. And I don't know if we still got the numbers of flounder. And they're not doing anything anyway until that water temperature drops another 10 degrees. And then it's, they're going to get up off their butts and do their migration. They'll start getting out to the Gulf to lay the eggs. Well, over my way, lower Galveston down there at Eagle Point, it was 73-degree water this morning. So that's about a 10-degree uh, drop. That ought to spark some kind of run. you know? Just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something. Yeah, it, that's exactly what happens, man. It, that it, They get that chill. They feel it. And after about that second front, they're they're on the move, and they coming out of the marshes, or they're going to start stacking on those ledges and those guts and ditches, and wherever they can ambush bait. And boy, yep. we used to tear them up with a finger mullet and the mud minnows, man. Those flounder, if you know, you know what I mean. They're, and they all face the current. Everything faces the current, uh, whether it's a school fish or what. Everything faces the current. Just throw up current and bring it right into their face. And that's what we do, drag them real slow. That mud minnow and that finger mullet will get themselves in trouble if you just give them time. You know, you can't just throw it out there and reel it back. you got to you kind of finesse it and just, you know what I mean, let it creepy crawl along the bottom. But And that's where those flounder are buried up in that mud, buddy. They're in the ambush. Man, they, I've seen them come up and turn flips out of the water after those finger mullet. Yeah, they'll. Uh, I've seen them, you know, in... Uh like bayou mouths and bayous themselves along the shorelines working out on, uh, you know, glass minnows and and finger mullet and shad and stuff. They'll jump out of the water. They get aggressive, man. They do. They do. I can sit on my front porch and look over in this little marsh, and uh, I just see one every once in a while just do a big old flip out of the water. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? They they, they launch their self. I mean, that is a – you know, the biggest one I ever caught in all my life was a 26-inch one that weighed six and a quarter pounds. And to me, that was a monster, monster yeah. fish. We ate it. I should have mounted it because I've never caught anything near that size. But 26-inch flounder is a good one. I mean, and I know they still get that big, but those are big old females, and that's our egg layers. So, But uh, I know those guys uh, – the, the guys that are going out at night, if they find in clean water, they're stabbing them. 
I mean, there yeah. are there's plenty plenty of those boats down here. Everybody's got the new technology lights and all the all the fancy equipment on there, and little airplane engines in there, and they they skim across six inches of water, and they're stabbing that crap out of those fish at nighttime. I mean, I can't tell you. I seen one guy come in the other night right before me. He was cleaning. He had seventeen flounder. He flopped out of them there table man sweet and, uh, of course you have four four people everybody's they can have five mm. a piece but right man oh man they're they they doing it at nighttime now and there's there's not just one or two boats there's there's four or five six of them you know that are pretty regularly going out there and getting them so uh yeah, that makes it a little dent on our on our flat fish but uh other than that let's see uh, uh just kind of kind of hanging out man uh gonna Go get me that lawnmower this week, because once everything dries out, man, I'm getting way behind on my mowing. My lawnmower's been down for a few weeks now, and the grass wasn't growing at all, and now all of a sudden, it's it's grown about six inches, so. I'll uh, buy you some mosquito dope when you do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. I carry a can of it in my back pocket down here. You got to. You, got you know, to. a male you mosquito getting... only lives for a few days, and they don't, uh, they like, uh sugary substance they're not blood suckers but the females they're the blood suckers and they'll uh average about two to three weeks is the lifespan of those but some of them you know with the conditions right and uh keeping the weather moderate they can live up to 100 days so uh, hate to hear for that you there hammer yeah <laughs> hey, hate to that hear marsh that. that marsh across the way to the north you Ooh. all over there I've, oh. You know, the cow's getting the water at night to keep from getting sucked dry. It's it's bad. I don't that, doubt it at all, man. That and the Anahuac Refuge over my way are the worst places I've ever been for mosquitoes. Well, I tell you what, the last two days in the evenings is about as bad as I've seen <laughs> it this year already. And uh, like we said, we well, we're just not used seen. to it. We had that drought summer, and we just didn't right. have any mosquitoes, man. And uh, that's it. That's it. Now they're back. We're never going to be happy. It was dry, and no. we're praying for rain. Now that we got it, yep. we're sick of mosquitoes already. And uh, <laughs> now that cold weather's approaching, we're going to be wishing for we're, summer. It's never. We're never satisfied. We're kind of <laughs> cranky and picky and choosy in our old oh, age. I tell you, spoiled right. We want everything man. just right, man. <laughs> just right. But anyway, uh, let's see. All bait camps are holding bait. All boat ramps are open. I ain't going to repeat myself. Uh, St. Louis Pasto has a little problem with one of their ramps, but right. they do have one ramp that's open. And if you've got a big old deep draft boat, man, I highly recommend you go down there. That's That'd be the best ramp. And with these tides being bulled up like they are, they're up a little bit this morning. I just looked out there. Uh, they're up a little bit. So you're going to have a – you might get your back wheels wet at some of these boat ramps down here in Surfside. You got to pretty much back your truck down in it. You know, these are shallow launches. There's not any steep ramp. You know, it's so to speak. Uh, yeah. Where keep your truck out of it. You know, if it's a steep ramp, you just drop your boat right off in there. But that's not the case. It's a this little county ramp right here in Surfside, man. You got to you got to pretty much on high tide when it's bulled up. You're gonna you're gonna get your truck wet, man. I hate that. Oh yeah, I, I hate that, that too. Salt that salty water, water. in the tailpipe in the water. That. Put a banana mm-hmm. in your tailpipe. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, hey, if somebody wants to call you, Glenn, give them a number, man. 713-208-0683.
happy fun Sunday to everybody, and I appreciate y'all, Captain Mickey. You got it, Have Amber. Okay, See you, buddy. man. Later. All right, it's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It's 418 here in the Bayou City on this nice, cool Sunday morning. How about that? Man, right now we're getting some football weather. All right. Let's go over to Freeport and let's check in with uh, Captain Jeff Naylor. I think we got Monty and Casey with him this morning, so we got a full crew, which is always good. All right. Good morning, gentlemen. What's, morning, Mickey. What's going on, Mickey? How are you doing this morning? What's happening? Oh, not much. Can you hear us good? Yes. Okay, good, good. We're um, – hey, Mickey, this is Casey. We're uh, – Hey, buddy. I had some – I had a little bit of surgery done this this last week, so I just I told Jeff if he wanted to do the show, he needed to come to my house. So we're at my house right now. Okay, <laughs> well that's fine. Yeah, sitting yes, sitting in the living room full of uh, safari animals. I tell you what, I mean this is like uh, I don't know. This might be a crown jewel of a of a <laughs> <bathroom show. laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like pro shop in here. It's crazy, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's, you know. The fishing, you know, the it, great football weather, terrible fishing weather, but uh, right. you know, offshore goes. So we figured we'd talk a little hunting this morning. Casey's been down at the ranch. Uh, I think uh, Monty's about to go down there for a couple weeks here in the, in the next. I don't know where you leaving next week. Next, next week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get these staples out. Yeah, that's both surgery. both these guys had surgeries. So that's good Lord. What you did, guys? What'd y'all get into? <laughs> Catching too many big fish. Oh, you know, yeah. is moving all that way. Oh, yeah, man, I'm I'm gimped up this week too, man. I'm dragging a leg. My, I don't know what I did to my knee. It just, you know, it's messed up. So, I'm that uh, weather. Well, I I don't. It, it happened before the weather change. I've been dragging a mm. leg for about a week now. It's getting a little better, but uh, 
I think it was from lifting something and carrying it, you know, my bad knee, and I just twisted it wrong or something. It's the pain's where it usually never is. It's in the back and on the outside. Uh, hell to get old, man. <laughs> from, I guess I've been kicking too many pigs, like Augustus McCray. Yep, too many pigs. <laughs> well, they, uh, I mean, I sent you some pictures uh, earlier. A couple, couple I good saw deer. That. Apparently, you know, even with light rain. Although, like you said before, the the Rio Grande Valley down there hasn't really been in a drought per se. <laughs> no, so. we've actually had some decent rains. Uh, it's it the country's in pretty good shape. It's uh, even even here lately, we've gotten some rain. In some places, you know, you down in that country. A lot of times you get a rain system moved through there. We you won't get it, and the guy next door you'll get a bunch. You won't get some. The next time it's the other way around. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's overall we've had pretty, generally pretty decent rains this year. We're at least at average or above a little above average. Yeah, which, y'all have uh, actually had more down there than we have up here until here lately. Yep. You know. Yep. Right. That's right. So how how is the quail this year? I mean, you, we, you talked about the white wing. We're, we're good. Yeah, we. I think the quail hunt is going to be. We have this year, like you know, of course, the season opens at the end of this month. But we've seen, you know, big cubbies of quail where you see, you yeah. know, six or eight, seeing ten, twelve, fifteen of them in a, in a spot. So that's always a really good sign. So I think we put some bait on the road and and start hunting them. It'll be the quail hunt is going to be good. It's going to be at least at least above average. I would think this year. How how was uh, how was dove hunting though? Dublin was all, Dublin was incredible. It was as good as I've ever seen it now. For, for really, at my place it was. The, the people around me that hunted the, the ranches around me said theirs was fair, but mine was really good. Right. It was, yeah, it was really good. So it was mixed bag, a lot of white, a lot wings. of white wings, uh, morning doves, both. You could pretty much pick if you wanted to shoot all white wings, you could. If you wanted to shoot all morning doves, you could. If you wanted to pick them out, just whatever you wanted to shoot. It was good. Don't get any better a than that. From uh, Blaine yesterday, he's down there in Jim Hog County. And mm-hmm. he got quite a bit of rain out of this last system, but he was afraid it was going to mess his dove hunting up. He texted me yesterday morning about 1130, said the cold front is here and most doves you've ever seen in your life coming through flock after flock after flock from the north to the south across this whole country down here. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, and we still have another pretty much the rest of this month to dove hunt. Dove season goes oh, yeah. on. Whole month of October, so yeah. uh, it closes about the time quail season opens up. Right. I think there might be a weekend where they overlap. I'm not sure, or you can do both. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's the way it always used to be. Anyway, you'd had like one weekend where you can hunt them both together. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Kind of like Snapper and AJ. Now, like Snapper and AJ, it's kind of the same deal. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Good old TPWD. Yeah. Yeah. Well. They've had some. They've had some good growth this year. I mean, they had had, had we couple in the one fifty one sixty range in velvet. We got we got a couple. Of, we got a couple for sure that we're going to make one seventy. I know. Um, and I don't have pictures of that, near everything. Just some of the stuff. So yeah, yeah, it looks good. It looks real good. Well, that's good. good deer hunting. Yeah, it's good. Like I said, we're sitting in the uh, in the safari room. You know, and, uh, I've been begging uh, uh, Casey to talk about some some more african hunting you know and and uh i don't even know where to start casey's i mean seriously I I, some of those uh ghost in the darkness stories remember that movie with val kilmer i love that show it yeah. never comes on anymore yeah. where i can find it 
Miami night. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. There's lots of stories on these walls. Well, I know that we were in. A, we were at a camp in Cameroon hunting, and um, um, a guy, one of the village guys, they have these little motorcycles, and they right. go into town sometimes, and they go get supplies or get something to go meet their. They have a wife in town and a kid. They'll go meet. Well, this guy was on the motorcycle, and he left, and he. Uh, he had a motorcycle accident and he broke, he basically broke his freaking bottom part of his leg when he had the motorcycle accident. Right. And the guy made it back to the camp. The guy crawled back to the camp. Yeah. Crawled and back. Wow. He crawled. And so we went out there to look for the motor. He didn't make it that far. He made it like a mile from the camp. And so we went in the truck to get to go try to find a motorcycle. Well, we went and, and he, when he came back, his, his leg was, if I remember right, his bone was just about sticking out of his, his shin bone was about sticking And and he, he came back. So we went back and we found the motorcycle and we were coming back. You could see the tracks of where he crawled and there was lion tracks right on top of where he was crawling. Oh boy. So he just about got he just about got eaten. He's lucky he didn't get eaten by one because you could see where the lion was right on top of his tracks following him. <laughs> Can you imagine the horror, you know, getting eaten alive by a lion? Oh, oh, my goodness, man. Or a bear. I can't. <laughs> hey, or take bear, your pig. But... <laughs> Both of them are bad. <laughs> wow. I mean, but is that like at, at nighttime, though, in Africa? I mean, lions are not what you really are so concerned with. Elephants are stomping. Nighttime? Cats, right? Yeah, I mean, lions are nighttime, big time nighttime hunters. Yeah, you're oh. definitely concerned about lions at night, for sure. So if you wake leopards up in the too, I thought leopards were big time. They're, they're uh, active Lep at night, also, Lep right? Yeah, oh, yeah, leopards, too. Leopards I mean, will take out a huge They don't line. even let you. I mean, so, you know, when you hunt leopard, you're. you're 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 not where we hunted them anyway. You can't shoot them in the dark with the light shining on them. Right. So you get because it's that's that kind of gives you an unfair advantage, I guess. So uh, they they only let you shoot them when you can actually see it without a light on it. Yeah. So yeah. So the yeah, the leopards now they'll put game cam. We, oh, we didn't have any of that fancy stuff going on. We didn't have game cameras or anything, but they do that now. They put game cameras out and they got pictures of the leopard and then they figure out if it's big enough one to go hunt. Before they waste their time and go put a blind up and everything, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that, and, oh yeah, that's a good male leopard. That's a big enough, and we'll set up a blind here and we'll hunt this one. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do that. We just they just looked at the tracks around the, you know they'll 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 put the bait up in the tree and then around the ed base of the tree they'll kind of make the make the dirt where you can see a track. You know, they kind of make it powdery. Yeah. So they steps there, they can see how big the foot is and all that stuff. Look at the claw marks on the tree. Mm -hmm. Look at all that. Yeah. Just try to decipher if it's big male or not, because yeah. typically don't shoot a female, shoot a male. So, yep. And what about uh, them hyenas? They won't attack you. Uh, I mean, I imagine. I imagine. Yeah. yeah, they. Um, I like to attack them and get on. You know, when you they they said when we used to get up in the morning, we would if the first thing we would see would be a hyena. Like we get out and start hunting in the morning. If we saw a, hy a female hyena, that's the first thing we saw. That was a good look omen. Oh, wow. You see a female hyena first thing in the morning. That's good, good hunting that day. Good luck. Good luck charm. Yeah. I can't remember if it worked or not, or if it paid off. I don't know, but I remember that's what they said. See a hyena first thing in the morning. It's good. Wow. They're running packs. Yeah. I don't have many of those over my way. <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, they would. What was bad was they would put like we would we would had if I remember right like in Tanzania we had 
we put out like four baits for for leopard or and or lion because we we had a uh, a license to shoot a lion too. Uh, my dad and I went together and we split. Uh, we basically split a hunting license because that's about the only way we could afford to do this hunt. We split it. Yeah. So we basically took one big license and split the animals up on it, and you know, so we eat. We would each. We had two cats. We could shoot a leopard and a lion, but only one of each. So right. we had to decide shoot the leopard, who was going to shoot the lion, or whatever. However it went, that's the way it was going to go. So, so we had a lion license too to go along with the leopard. But, you know, so we put baits out for both, essentially. And we put uh, zebra legs, you know, the, the midsection of a buffalo, a leg of a buffalo, uh, like a heart of beast body. Like, but they would put them in the back. And the, what made it worse was when they put the bait in the truck to go hang the baits. Because we, we were there the whole time. They didn't want them to be fresh either. Oh, they wanted them to be, oh, my God, <laughs> maggots and they wanted yeah. to smell really low flies, maggots, rotten. Yeah, and in the back of your truck riding with you all day, and you got to smell Ugh. it all day long. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it, it's bad, and you that smell, and you never hardly get used to it. But they want it to smell bad because the scent goes way further. Right, yeah, they can find it forever. Yeah, way. yeah, they get, and they'll they'll take the, the they'll keep the guts and the intestines, and once they hang the bait up, they'll drag it all around the ground around that area. Drag it around. They put that scent all in there. They want them to get a good whiff, you know, coming in. <laughs> but See, you, you've only got so many days for them to find it, so they got to find it. You know? Yeah. So you got you got on the on your wall over here. You got this little bitty. You got all these giant giant heads everywhere. I mean, buffaloes. I mean, you can kind of tell what most of this stuff is. But what's this little guy over here? This little a trophy. A little spiky horned one. A little bitty. It's called spiky a, it's called the Oribi. Oribi. O R I B I. Oribi. Oribi. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's, trophy. it's about the size of a. It's about what? Probably 25, 30 pounds total weight. It's got about four inch, four and a half inch horns. Looks like a jackrabbit with horns, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's in the, it's in the diker family, the small antelope family. There's so many different ones there. Like there's so many different ones you can hunt. I've only shot just a couple different ones. They got bunch of different ones you can hunt. Yeah. But, I mean, those things are fast, and they don't ever stop. And wasn't really that interested in shooting them until they're, you know, they keep telling you, you need to shoot that one. That's a giant one. You know, you need to take that. So, eventually, I ended up, you know, shooting a couple of them. But it wasn't shoot. really high on my list because I like big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did he score? I mean, is that like a, 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 a record of sort? Mm, that one, no. The one over there, that little dude right there, that one's a big-time record. So I, I sent you a video one time, Mickey, of, of his uh, living room. You know, right. I don't know if you that or not, but like I said, one of the first times I came over here, you know, Elliot, he, he would, you know, <laughs> reminisce about stories and everything. And I'm looking at all these giant deer and whatever, and, and I said, well, what's the best one? He looked over there on the top of that gun cabinet, and it's a little, looks like a like a little rabbit with a little, it's a, it's a red flank. <laughs> Red flank diker. They call them the Red Rocket down there. Red Rocket. Things, those things are fast. Yeah. He said, that's the, that's the world record right there. I was thinking, of what? <laughs> what world record? Three, three and a quarter inch horns. And it's like a, it, well, it used to be like the top five one ever shot, but I, probably not anymore. That was a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, first of all, the Red Flank Dikers, there's only like two countries. I think Cameroon and Central African Republic, where you can actually even hunt them. 
Yeah. Now just the CAR, there's no hunting there at all. It's not even safe enough to go there from what I understand. So there's only one place you can hunt those now in the whole world. So I mean, not many people are going to shoot them yeah. anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me knock yeah. this break out. We'll come back for some more of this. I'll be right back. Guys, right. hang with me and we will, okay. uh, we will talk some more about it. All right. Well, All right. I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Texan Roofing. They're the people I trust. You know, Texan Roofing, they cover Houston and surrounding areas. Texan Roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement. And Texan Roofing has the Better Business Bureau A-plus rating with no complaints ever, and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. And Texan Roofing has found the majority of jobs they do, they offer the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty. Along with their honest roof inspections, A-plus management, these are reasons to call Texan Roofing. And when you do, tell them you heard about it right here on the Outdoor Show. And Tim and his crew, they'll really work with you, do a fantastic job. Plus, they hunt and fish. They can talk outdoors with you. Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600. That's 281-391-9600 or Roofing. When you do call the folks, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 435 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go back and talk from the, with the boys from Freeport. All right, gentlemen, we're back. All this stuff's pretty much the same guy. Back in action, back in action. From yes. Freeport, about Africa, 
South Africa, South Africa, South East Africa. What's your favorite place to hunt? Uh, Let's just put it out there. Depending on what you're hunting, but probably Central Africa and Eastern Africa. And Eastern Africa, Tanzania. That's where you do the the big twenty one. That's where we did the big twenty one day safari where we hunted the cats and everything in oh, Tanzania. Really? Yeah. Also, where you hunt the buffalo. Hunt the oh, buffalo there too. Yeah, yeah big buffalo there, really big. Buffalo. So you you hunted near the Congo as well, right? So well, that Cameroon is is near the Congo. Yeah, on the other side. Yeah. So if you go, if you're Tanzania is over on the Indian Ocean, basically, on the east side, and then you go straight across. On the Atlantic side, right where that Horn of Africa comes in, that I mean, that the bend comes in the yeah, western yeah. side, right there, in the corner. That's where Cameroon is. Gotcha. Yeah. So, have you ever done any fishing over there? Yes. Is it good? Yeah, but we didn't do a lot of fishing. We caught. You caught yeah, we caught some catfish and some tigerfish. Yeah. Tigerfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tigerfish looks like that'd be fun to catch. I wouldn't want to. Don't ever lip one. No, don't ever live one. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's that's piranha territory, isn't it? No, they don't have piranhas. No, they have, uh, well, the tiger fish is kind of like their piranha because they. Yeah. I don't know if you ever seen that guy that has that show on the search for giant fish or whatever. He, yeah. River yeah. monster, whatever. They have a giant tiger fish too in Africa. There's, there's a little one that I caught. It's like they get up to maybe ten or fifteen pounds, and then there's ones that get bigger than people. Really? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's the ones. That's the ones that he was going after. They yeah, look like ones. man eaters to me, and big ones. Yeah, I tell you what, they're they're odd too. I mean, you know that the way that their jaw structure works, kind of like a wahoo, where they can kind of open their mouth. Yeah, and they get big old beaks. freaking. They almost look like big freaking triangular, like sharp shark teeth, almost looking yes. all on their whole mouth right yeah. in the front. Can you fish? You fish with them with lures, or you just use when we when we fish, we fish like one afternoon. It was this day that I told. I think I told the story about me falling in the water. Yeah, with the camera and everything. With the camera and everything, it was that same day, and uh, we just used buffalo meat for bait. We didn't. They didn't have lures or anything. We just used pieces of rotten meat. Yeah, we caught caught some nice catfish on them. We cooked those catfish that night. They cooked them for us. And those catfish were really good. Really good. Maybe it's just because I hadn't had fish in a long time, and I was craving some fish. I don't know, but. It, Tasted pretty good to me. So you got lions and leopards and fish with all the same bait. That's right. You can hunt lions, leopards, and fish with the same bait. That's right. So speaking of, of things to eat, like when you're when you're out, you're out doing these safaris, you know, you run around with the whole, you know, squad of people, whole whole crew. Mm-hmm. You got one cook, right? They the yeah, typically what they do is when you go out, if you you know, some days on that particular trip, we would go out and hunt all all day. Like we would never come back to the camp until dark. We'd leave in the morning before it was even pretty much daylight, and we wouldn't get back till it was dark. Yeah. And they would fix us up like a, a lunch. We would pack. We would get out and eat lunch in the middle of the day somewhere. What 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 would they eat? Would they usually they would they would they would reheat. They would fix some stuff that we had had the night before, or they would make some little. They have these these little things called samosas. They're like uh. You know what an empanada is, right? Yeah. A little fried pocket with meat in it. Yeah. They had those, but they were Indian. They're called samosas. They're really good. Yeah. They pack those in there. They pack sandwich bread, drinks, tea, you know, whatever. They had good packed food. It was good. <coughs> they would, we would just stop the car, go up under a tree. Sometimes you'd stop the car, go under a tree, set up all your stuff, and all of a sudden you'd feel something hit you, and there's a freaking monkey in the tree throwing stuff at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, little vervet monkeys. They're called vervet monkeys. Yeah. They throw stuff at you. And the freaking trackers hated them things. They wanted to kill every one of them. Cause they're <laughs> bad 
they they don't mess with you very long. Then they go to the other tree. But when then the the, the hyenas will sometimes bark at you. That's kind of because hyenas have a lot of bark, like louder than a dog's bark. Yeah, they'll bark at you. They get you away. Yeah. Well, they that's alert what, everything. That's what we call uh, croakers, barking monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they alert everything around you. Like that's the oh, bad yeah. thing. Animals out there hear that they know there's something bad around us, so they get real alerted by you. Yeah, yeah. that's the reason why a lot of times when you're hunting like a herd animal, like a some of these antelopes, go get close to the giraffes. Yeah, because giraffes will see you way before they see you, and the giraffes see you, the giraffes take off. Yeah. The giraffes are spooky too; they'll run too, and then everything runs. Yeah, they see you. Speaking of monkeys, did you ever ever hunt monkeys? Or? No, no, I didn't. I had, I really didn't want to. I mean, people people do. You can hunt baboons, right? They, they, yeah, people. But I, I wasn't really interested in shooting. Boy, a baboon's a nasty looking creature. They got oh. teeth on them, buddy. I'd hate for one those, to bite down on me. Mickey, those things get to be because I don't know if it's a lot of people like to like to shoot them. I guess that they're bad because they're kind of like they're kind of like the black sheep of the of the uh, African uh, bush, I guess because. They eat a lot of the baby antelopes. They attack and get the baby antelopes, the impalas, and all that. So everybody, all the people over there don't like them. So they want you to shoot them every chance you get. Right. And but so that that freaking you'll see, you look three hundred yards up the way, and you'll see the the freaking baboons are already running away. I mean, they're spooky. Spooky, mm-hmm. really. You can tell where people are shooting. At. They see that truck coming there, hauling. Yeah, they got smart them. real quick. They got smart real quick. <laughs> and Man. they can move too. Those hyenas can move. Yeah, and those big male hyenas are pretty freaking mean. They can take down a, they can take down a full grown impala, man. They can take it down. Yeah, yeah, so, they're pretty big. Yeah, they are. It is like strong. two different kinds of hyenas. You got a spotted one, and uh, they have, they have your t- traditional hyena that you. I mean, sorry, hyena, your traditional baboon that you see. And then they have a like a darker. I don't remember what it was called. They had a brown one, and then had like almost like one that was almost like a blacker colored one. I can't yeah. remember the different those two. And then you see the ones you see like on those those uh, those shows, the ones with the painted faces. Those are right. called mandrel. Those are called mandrel mandrel baboons. I've never I've never seen one of those. Those are more rare. I think those are more up in like the rainforest and stuff. So we didn't see any of those ones with the painted faces. Right. The ones we had ugly freaking. Brown faced freaking, you know, baboons. Yeah. I don't remember what the kind they were called. Yeah. But yeah. So we get plenty of I mean, them. I mean, you see them all the time. So you haven't hunted near the rainforest yep. that much. Hunted the rainforest once. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. That's where I caught that bongo right there. Oh, wow. Uh, but, you know, when you're hunting in the rainforest, you, you don't see a whole lot. Like, you're, it's nothing but wall of jungle around you, and you're basically looking for tracks, or you might see. Um, you animals driving around, but you're basically just looking for tracking, tracking. Yeah. Because you don't see much. You can't see. All you can see is what's in the road in front of you. Yeah. You might see something cross the road real quick, but then you don't see it again. Yeah. Yeah. Did you shoot that, that, that right there? That, Bongo. No, that one with all the big horns. The deer looking. Oh, like that's a red stag. stag. That's a red stag. That was in New Zealand. When my, me and my dad went to New Zealand. That's where I shot that. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even realize until a few years ago that that. That red stag aren't even uh, natural to New Zealand. They're not native. No, they're not. It's an Indian deer, isn't it? And no, it's some well, Scot- Scotland, Europe is where red yeah. deer come from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of horns on that guy. Yeah, they've really they really come a long way with the genetics on those things. How they get those things to be so big? 
Your real, your real old stags back in the old English days didn't look like that. They don't yeah. look like these stags look. These yeah. things are crazy. I mean, this thing's got to be, I mean, at least 250, 300. I mean, you're up. No, that was 446, I think. 446. Yeah. Oh, that was, I'll let you That's a lot of inches of horns right there, buddy. That's, you know, that's elk stuff. That's, you know, it's a red elk, basically, is what it is. Yep. Exactly. This thing's got, you know. And my 65 dad, points on it. It's crazy. Looking. My dad's uh, stag was even scored even higher than that. It was like 460, I think his was. Good. But I mean, you know, that that kind of hunt is more of a. That's more of a. That's more of a. Oh, I want that one, not that one over there. I mean, that was that was easy hunting in New I mean, Zealand. It was like that. Yeah, I mean, because you're hunting on a, basically a game ranch. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 big. It's fenced. I mean, it's a big area. It's fenced. I mean, it's not a guarantee you're going to get the one you want, but you probably will if you hunt a few days. It's yeah. not not really that hard. Well, there you go. If you want a big stag, but you got to pay for it. I mean, yeah. you know, they get they charge you by the inch, just like a whitetail. Yep, all categories. it costs is money. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> big money. <laughs> Think about it. So, listen, I'm drooling over here. You know, I I love it. I love li- living vicariously through you, Casey. But yeah, but I tell you, the <laughs> that that stag there, that 446. I mean, when I, when we were there, there was other parties of people hunting there. And uh, there was there was people shot bigger ones than that. They had uh, different different customer level that was for you know five hundred inches and stuff. Really, I was perfectly happy with that one right there. I can't oh, imagine what a five hundred inch. I mean, that's they a kill, they kill six hundred inches now, seven hundred inches. Wow. It's crazy what they have now. Wow. It's that's ridiculous. crazy. What what what? I mean, here you know to get a whitetail from a one sixty to a one eighty, you got about. I don't know, two thousand dollars worth of protein in him. You it, know, it's just, it's just they don't. You know, it's a funny thing we're talking since you brought that subject up. You know, you 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 hunt these, you watch these deer and you feed them. They they eat the same feed, and you have a deer that's let's say you got two deer that are in a one sixty class. They're about the same age. Now you you would think, of course, it's just like an individual person. One of them will make that jump, and one of them never will. No matter what you feed, it doesn't matter. One of them's going to jump up and. Genetics. Well, I'm going to get up to that 170 plus, which is kind of our overall goal. 170 is a good goal to try to get to. One of them, you keep do, you do everything right. You let him get old. You feed him. You do everything. He never gets there. He just doesn't get there. Just stays the same. So he might put on a little bit on this side, lose a little bit over here, or lose a point, or gain a point, but he basically stays the same. Yeah. So what with the red stags over there in New Zealand? The, well, those are all genetic. Well, those are all genetically. The, we're talking about native white-tailed deer in South Texas now. Right. These aren't the deer right. that we're talking about. I'm talking about are deer that are natural. Yeah. We haven't done anything to them. We just feed them. That's all right. we're going to just feed. We haven't introduced a genetic or introduced a doe from somewhere else or introduced a buck from somewhere else. These deer are already there. These native stags deer. are all. Yeah, these stag are all bred, so they're all going to be big. Every one of them. Yeah. They take the they take the cream of the crop, and that's what they're producing. Right. right. Basically, right. like a farm. Yeah, so a farm where you can go shoot it. That's real basic. Yeah, it ain't like going to Africa and hunting in the in the bush. In the bush. No. Gotcha. Well, again, I wouldn't know anything about it, but it sounds really cool. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a fun experience to go do that stag hunt, but it's just not not a hard hunt. So, what made you fly to New Zealand? If you, I mean, well, it just that's where the big one. My dad wanted to go. My dad wanted to go over there and hunt. He wanted to go. Yeah. Of course, I went. So, sure, Dad, I'll go with you. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were talking about this before we got on the show. You know, we always do like a little chat session, you know, kind of get ready. And, and uh, we were talking about going to Africa. And Monty, you know, Casey's talking about going to Africa again. 
yeah, pretty, you know. Well, I mean, I'd like to go back and, and hunt buffaloes again. That's my, that's probably my favorite thing to do is to track and hunt buffalo, the big buffalo. That's to me the, the, the ultimate. That's rush. a dangerous hunt, man. It, it can be. That's, uh, it'll get you jacked up, man. That'll get you. Oh, I bet you it's the adrenaline level is unbelievable. They don't make drugs to make your adrenaline go up like that. Yeah. Um, we had some. My dad. How about had a really charging cool. elephant? I mean, that's got to be a, the ultimate rush, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We did. We didn't. Luckily, I didn't get that. So we. I mean, we got close to elephants, but not super, super close. They were real careful about that. They are probably more afraid of elephants and hippos than anything. The people over the natives over there, they're more afraid of those than they are of the of the cats. Oh, I bet elephants are very smart too. They're highly intelligent. Oh yeah, and people. You would think that hunting an elephant, which I've never done, I really don't have an interest to do it. But no, people, I do couldn't. It. I wouldn't want to kill an elephant. That that's a very. It's very difficult. Elephant hunting's not easy because they're smart. Number one, they're dangerous. Number two, you got to get pretty close to them. Number three, and they're not that easy to get close to. Yeah. And believe it or not, and you wouldn't believe this, but if you went over there, you'd see what I'm saying. They're they're not that easy to see either. Well, it, they they're get not in, that easy to see. No, they're not that easy to see. They can get in the bushes. You can't see them. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, telling you. I'm telling you. See they know. Yeah. They know where to go where they cannot be seen, and you can be 50 yards from it and not see it. Wow. Uh, I kidding. Uh, uh. It's an awful big gun. Now, when they're in the open, you can see them. But they're not always in the open like you see on TV. They're not always uh, standing out there in the open. Yeah. You yeah, shoot an awful big gun over yeah. there. Either 375, 416, uh, yeah, 375 or 416 is what we should, what we shot. 300 grain bullet, 400 grain bullet. Yeah. So anyway, that's a chunk of lead, buddy. Oh, uh, Casey was talking about going back over, and and uh, both both Monty and I offered to be his uh, translator. You yeah. know, if he wants to. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I can see these guys translating the African dialect. That'd be interesting. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I got it. I mean, we, you know, look, I, I will study. <laughs> we'll make it work, man. <laughs> um, but a funny story is, so you're talking about elephants. So in the in the rainforest, they have an elephant there, too. It's a different elephant. It's a forest elephant, they call it. It's essentially the same animal, but it's, they're much smaller. But it's probably the most dangerous hunt that there is, that hunt, because you have to get very – in the rainforest, you're 15, 20 yards from where you're hunting usually, sometimes closer than that. Yeah. So by the time you get a shot at that elephant, that's how close you are to him. And uh, I never did it, but when we were when we were in Cameroon, we were sharing a charter flight with a, with a group of uh, Russian guys. With a group of Russian guys? Russian guys. Really? Yes. And their guide was there. We were all in the same little mini airport. We were all waiting to get on the same charter plane. We were all flying into the same um, – airstrip over there in the rainforest so they were on the same plane with us and their guide and my guide was with me he was telling me how dangerous it was and you know the, the success rates low to get a forest elephant and all this and, and their guide was had the sweats the shakes he had a hard time talking this guy this guy was not in good condition and uh my guide looked at them and looked at that guy and he goes those guys are gonna die <laughs> with this <laughs> what he told me he goes they're they're not in good hands with this guy because this i mean he's got to be back up on the gun and ready in case the the, the, the elephants charge you a lot those force elephants charge about half the time they shoot them on the charge because they so, shoot them on the charge well they're 15 yards from them hunting them and then if the elephant sees you you know you're in the middle of the, they feel cornered because they're in a yeah if they feel rainforest. threatened they're going to charge you man 
So about half the time they're coming at you when you shoot them. Oh mm. wow! Yeah, you better be wired right. Make the right shot. They're not. <laughs> if, you choke, big of an elephant. if you choke under pressure, you won't do it but once against one of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was interesting. This guy was bad. I don't know if he was on drugs or what his problem was. This guy was, but he was he was shaky. He was like the sweats. He may have had malaria or something. I don't know. A lot of those people get malaria over there. Yeah, they get wow. sick. They hunt anyway. They'll hunt through the malaria sickness if they have Goodness. to. Well, you got to get shots and stuff to go there and hunt. Right. Yeah, you have to be vaccinated. But with malaria, you can't be vaccinated for yeah. it forever. It, you can't take the pill forever. It'll destroy your liver. So they don't take a they don't take a malaria uh, medication. The, the native people there don't. Well, they take like quinine tablets or something. Yeah, they'll take some protection, but they won't take a. But they have a treatment. They have a really good treatment they use over there when you do get it, that can help you get rid of it. It gets rid of it for a long time, but it almost always comes back once you and get malaria it. comes from mosquito bites, right? That's right. The littlest, smallest little mosquito that barely oh, can boy, fly around. We're all gonna have malaria around my house because these are the tiny. They're all they're barely bigger than gnats right now. <laughs> those little mosquitoes that hatched. <laughs> Luckily, we don't. Luckily, you know, we used to have malaria down here back in, I guess, back in the Karankawa days. Malaria was right here where we live, but it's not yeah. here anymore. Yeah, sometimes the Karankawa days. Boy, that was a <laughs> that was a bad ombre. The men were what seven feet tall. Yeah, I guess so. You know, Mickey, if you think about living here back then, you know, boy, this is not you had a very, to be a rough customer. You know it. This is a tough environment here to live in. It's a terrible place to live here. Like living outdoors boy. here. Yep. Weather and I rain mean, and mosquitoes and freaking humidity and heat and oh yeah, it's just t- it's a tough environment living here. If you think well, they were cannibals, right? I mean, they they, were, they, were, they, they eat whatever they could. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, one That's of them what wiped them out. Disease, you know, eating diseased people. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough, tough place to live here. Without yeah. the creature comforts that we have now, it'd be a hard place to live here. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We were actually uh, we were talking about it yesterday at the we we went to the Astros game last night. Go Astros! Golly, boy, was, no joke. That's uh, <clears throat> man, we were up five to nothing and never a minute without drama with Astros when they went. You know, the Twins scored four runs. I said, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, we went to the game. I'm hoarse. I mean, I'm completely hoarse. I. I I don't think we sat down. I bet we. Sat I bet down. it was rocking and rolling in there last night, wasn't it? Oh man, it was. It was getting it, you know. And I tell you what, you want to talk about hearing crickets wherever they scored those four runs? Everybody sitting down. It got quiet. I was watching the game. I said, "Boy, you." Can... <laughs> man, you could have heard a you could have heard a mosquito cough. I mean, it was crazy. So I was yeah. watching it on TV, and I'm not the kind of person that that thinks this way most of the time, but I was listening to these announcers yesterday, and those announcers, you could tell, they wanted those freaking twins to come back and tie that game and make it good. Well, they it's like them. after the, that, that game, I was watching the – I've watched the Phillies, and, you know, they're a sleeper. Don't count the Phillies out just like last year, you know. <laughs> but, man, that Dodger game, when they started roughing up Kershaw, you could hear the the discomfort in Bob Costas's voice last night. I mean, you know, he was, you could tell he was a big Dodger man. And, uh, when they, I think it was 10 to nothing. The last time I saw it, I went to bed. Arizona was crushing them. 
Holy moly, man, the Dodgers. Wow. That's I didn't know. I didn't even see the score. I went well, to really early. Two best records in the game, Baltimore and uh LA and Atlanta, and they all three got beat yesterday. Yeah. Man. Texas, three to two. Wow. It could be a very other, big Texas. Wouldn't that be cool to have a ALCS between the Rangers and Astros? That'd be cool. That would be cool. Would I be mean, cool. I tell you what, we talked about that preseason right before the uh Right before they hashed out who was who was the West, you know, champions and all that, and you were talking about that that uh, our 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 odds may be better if we would have got the wild card and went and played. But uh, you know what, this twin, I mean, it's a good matchup though. I mean, with the, yeah. with the exception of the uh, of the uh, yeah. Anyway, Dodgers. It's going it's to come down to our pitching. It always does. It was, I tell you, and Naris and Naris has been pulling us through the last. What did he go games. like thirty nine games without allowing a run, and then that happened last night? I was in total shock. I'm going, oh. how did this? You know, but it was all those pitches they were teeing off on. They were right down Main Street. Yeah, he was. I mean, before when he came out, he was in practicing. Uh, you know, where, where he sat, he sat down with Diaz initially. Um, yeah, I, I'd say. He, he probably threw about seven pre-game pitches, and three of those were in the dirt. You know, two, three foot in front of the base, in front of the home plate. I mean, I thought I, I didn't. You know, I guess I didn't know what to expect. And they came right back out, and they they started smacking him around. I was like, oh man, here we go. You know, luckily we pulled him pretty quick. We, you know, yeah. and that I guess I think that was the blessing. You know, because I don't know if it would have gone the same way. You know, had they not. But well, shoot, the Bray, you look good as usual, and then here come Presley. The good Presley showed up last night, and we needed that. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little uh, nervous in the ninth inning. I really was. Well, guys, I got to <laughs> roll. I got it's the top already. I enjoyed the conversation this morning. If somebody wants to call y'all about coming down and doing some blue water fishing, how do they hook up with you? Yeah, call me anytime at nine seven nine four one seven ten thirteen. Go to our website at stsladventures.com. Uh, we'll be around. We're still doing some fishing, so give us a holler. And, uh, yeah. All Thanks. right. Anybody want to talk about anything, they can call me at 979-373-1398. All right. Casey, Monty, <laughs> y'all have a good one, man. It's always good talking to you. And, Naylor, you be safe out there, buddy. Later. <laughs> We'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. All right. It's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.